Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. I'm delighted to say I'm here with Brent Michael Phillips. He is an author, a healer, an elite success coach, and a spiritual teacher. The book of his that I have read, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and I've got a ton of questions about, is Movement Feedback Holography. Uh, and I'm sure <laughs> Brent will define that term for us, or how to triple your income by shaking your hands. And if that isn't a teaser of a title, I don't know what is. So, uh, Brent, a very warm welcome to Being Human. Oh, this is exciting to be here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's let's dive in with what it is we mean by movement feedback holography or and yeah, the origin story for you into how you got into this, um, which I yeah. know was precipitated by by a crisis, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And uh, I, I love having uh, you know more time here. I can tell a little more of the story. Uh, we'll keep it quick. I'm sure people listening want to get to the you know the things that are directly applicable to move forward in your life. We'll get there for sure. But a message is only as trustable as the messenger. So I think it's valuable to just spend a few minutes on why am I doing this? Who is this prank guy? What the heck is this movement stuff? Why should I care? Right. So short version of my story is I grew up, I was your typical nerd. I loved Dungeons and Dragons and Star Wars and stuff like that. Right. I ended up in college at MIT, kind of the nerd capital of the world. And that's where I discovered the internet, which when I got to campus, it was still the eighties. No one had heard of the internet. So long story short. I discovered the internet, fell in love, decided to make this the focus of my studies. And by the time I was working on my PhD in grad school at MIT, I had become one of the world's leading experts in what we call TCP IP or internet networking. It was really exciting. Uh, me and um, the guy in my lab, we sent the first ever live synchronized audio video stream over the web in 1994. Oh, wow. MIT became the headquarters for what's called the World Wide Web Consortium meaning that all the most important decisions in code are, are made there. So I was there. That was literally this, basically the, the brain of the internet for the whole world. And uh, when I, when the internet boom hit in the nineties, I was like, this is my gold rush, right? I figured I'd move to California, start a company, work really hard for a couple of years, sell it for millions of dollars. And I figure, well, I'll be retired by 30, spending my days hot tubbing with supermodels on Propagal Island, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was my plan. Didn't work out that way. <laughs> so uh, long story short, I, I left MIT, moved to California to start a website company. This, this was 1995, right at the start of the web boom, right? And so the first website I ever developed in my whole life my first website I built for the launch of the Sony PlayStation. Pretty good for your first website, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, a year later, I had 15 people working for me. We had done websites for several Fortune 500 companies. We had done the websites for Disneyland. We did the website for Nissan Motors. We did the website for the Sony PlayStation and a bunch of others. We had started a second company to make online games. Because I saw a possibility to use this technology I'd built at MIT as the foundation for a brand new kind of entertainment. Today, we call them MOGs or massively multiplayer online role-playing games, but they didn't exist. 
back then. And so I started a second company to make games. And long story short, the strain of bootstrapping two companies as startups uh, broke my broke my body. Nice. Uh, about years into it, I started to have a lot of pain, stiffness, difficulty sleeping, you know, almost nonstop pain. So again, long story short, I wasn't too worried at first. I'm like, I'll go to the doctors. They'll give me something. I'll be fine. Right. That's how it had always worked up to that point. Mm. But uh, uh, I didn't get better. I got worse. Spent three years in physical therapy, doing, taking all these different medications and this and that. And instead of getting better, I got worse. I went from working a hundred hours a week to 80 to 60 to 40 to 20. I had to move in with my parents because I was in so much pain. Some days I needed help just getting dressed or, or eating dinner. Wow. It wasn't like, gee, I have a tingle now and then. This was constant pain that was ruining my life. And uh, it all came to a head. It was uh, early 1998. And I had finally gotten an appointment to see the top doctor at the Curlin Job Physical Therapy Clinic, which is one of the top clinics in the world. And professional athletes, Olympians, it's sort of a who's who of, uh, of athletics if you go there. And there was me, right? And I finally got an appointment to see the head doctor. And I thought, wow, this guy will know what to do, right? And I was so excited. I was marking the days on my calendar. I'm finally going to get better. I'm going to get out of pain. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to make all this money and have this great life. And I remember he walked into the room and he was like, well, I'm sorry, son. There's nothing I or a doctor can do for you. Y'all would be in pain and you never be able to work. I was like, what? No, it's, it's tr true thing. I was in his office for about two or three minutes, basically said, you're an impossible case. There's no chance you're ever going to recover. And uh, he recommended me for lifetime disability. No joke. And wow. I was 27 years old at that point. And he wanted to send me home to die. He's like, well, we'll get you on disability. We'll get you some pain meds. And the last thing I, he asked me before I left was, son, is there something that can't, can't tear you until you die? No kidding. So devastated. The doctors had given up on me in my 20s. And so I, I went to go tell my best friend and business partner. I figured he'd be all, hey, Brent, hang in there. We'll get through this together, right? Just the opposite. I didn't realize that he had been secretly dating the woman I was really in love with, that everyone. And he saw this as a great opportunity to just get rid of me. And so, because again, both of these companies were built, they were my vision, my talent, my education, my blood, sweat, and tears that made them successful. And so long story short, he played a bunch of legal games, stole the website company from me, sold it for millions of dollars behind my back. And uh, he retired as a millionaire in his 20s. And I was left with horrible chronic pain, living with my parents on disability with no hope of recovery. So that, that was really awful. That was the first, as they call it, dark night of the soul. Because mm. not only had I lost my career, not only was I in constant pain, not only had I lost millions of dollars, I also lost my lifelong best friend. Right. And the woman I was crazy in love with. So it, it, was, it was really hard. I started using drugs, day drinking, engaging in dangerous behaviors, doing a lot of dumb stuff. 
And uh, I had a friend of mine pull me out of it through positive thinking. And of course, nowadays we call it the law of attraction, right? Back in the 90s, we called it positive thinking and it's the same stuff. It's what I would call first generation consciousness technology. So you say your mantras, your vision boards, focus on the positive, et cetera, right? Yeah. So I really into positive thinking. It was fun, but it didn't change anything. But it got you out of day drinking and dangerous behavior. I mean, that's, oh, yep, it did. That's in terms so, of a story of positive thinking. That's, yeah, yeah. So that's I'd say, impressive. Uh, to be fair, uh, on the bright side, it did keep me from a self destructive cycle that probably would have killed me. Uh, on the downside, it didn't solve my pain. It didn't help me make money. It didn't find me a new girlfriend. It didn't do any of those things. But yes. So you were still in pain. You were still in chronic pain. I was still in a lot of pain. I was still living with my parents. I was still on lifetime disability at 27, et cetera, right? Right. So it was was positive. It kept me from killing myself, for sure. But it didn't really help. So about six months later. Just just to pause you briefly there, because I think, you know, there may be people who just that alone is interesting if they if they currently Mm -hmm. right now have a a drink problem. Absolutely. Uh, And and so what was it? Because, you know, I I also have a history of alcoholism. For me, it was 12 step programs and and so on that made a difference. And actually, I'm interested in this because that stuff didn't work for me. So, but for yeah. you, it did. So what, what, what well, were the matters? What it did what- was it gave me something to do and it gave me something to focus on. It gave me some structure. Right. <laughs> because when you're put on lifetime disability at 27, what do you, what the heck are you going to do all day? You wake up on a Tuesday. What are you going to do? Right. You're not, you can't look for a job. If I had taken a job, taken a job, I would have been thrown in prison. That's illegal. Okay. So what are you going to do? If you're lucky, you read books and watch TV all day. If you're not drinking drug use, is that right? Dangerous behavior. So that the positive thinking didn't fix the problems, but it did keep me from destroying myself. Gave you a structure to your day. Yeah, it gave me some structure, something to look forward to. Right, exactly. Uh, People to to work with, a little bit of accountability, you know. If I had a meeting with my mastermind group in the evening, I wasn't going to go get drunk in the afternoon. Right. So it it, it kind of gave me that support community. And, but uh, it didn't change, change anything. So that kind of transitioned into alternative medicine. I got, you know, met a lot of people at the positive thinking groups who were into acupuncture and herbs. And mm. of course, remember, this was the 90s. This was still way out there for a lot of people, right? Seemed kind of crazy and hippie. And so I got, then got into alternative medicine and long story short, for five years, I was surviving on disability, living with my parents, running around, running up a huge credit card bill, doing all this alternative medicine. So acupuncture, herbs, osteopaths, homeopaths, uh, cleanses, special diets, frequency machines and chi machines and magnets. And I could go on and on, right? So it was full time. I I did, you know, almost everything. I mean, I spent, you know, ran up close to $100,000 in credit card debt, running around doing all this alternative medicine. But again, nothing made a difference. Nothing really helped. So the first thing that that, that made a difference, it was a partial solution, was uh, I had had uh, an experimental surgery because I found a doctor that thought, hey, Brent, I know how to cure this. And so I signed up and I got selected for the, for the research study and I had the surgery. And again, I was really excited. I'm like, Hey, 
I'll wake up from the surgery. I'll go through rehab. I'll get my life back, right? I'll be out of pain. I can go back to work. This will be great. Nope. But when I woke up from the surgery, I found that the result I got was my right arm was paralyzed. So things had just gotten much worse. Man, friend. And so now my arm is paralyzed. Now I couldn't really drive myself, not safely. I couldn't brush my teeth. Uh, a lot of days I couldn't even feed myself. And uh, I, I had gotten married at the time. And when this happened, my first wife left me. So now I was in this even worse situation that my parents had divorced and my father was dying. I had gotten an apartment with my wife and now she was leaving me and she had a job and I didn't. So it was really a dark time. This was an even worse dark night of the soul. I had run out of, out of money. I had no more credit I could get. Uh, I couldn't live with my parents anymore. I couldn't get a job. I couldn't find a place that I could afford to support myself. So it was, it was really bad. And uh, I had about six months till I was homeless. And then my arm is paralyzed and it's like crap, right? Just what I need, right? And so uh, I spent about four months and more therapies trying to get better. Then I met this crazy healer lady named Terry. And in the past, I never would have done anything like she did, right? It seemed really hippie woo-woo out there. And, and this is talked, after you've done all of that stuff, right? So it must this is really after I've done all the you know, alternative medicine, right? Cleanses and acupuncture and herbs and all that kind of stuff, right? So th this lady was like way out there. She's like, yeah, Brent, we're going to entrain your brain to release subconscious patterns and then use energy to heal your body. And that seemed kind of nuts, right? But... She had been highly recommended by my aunt Lauren, who I really trusted. So I'm like, all right, I scraped together a hundred bucks and I had a session with Terry. And what's so funny, did you know, I was her first professional client. I was the first person that ever paid her to do healing, right? And so she talked to me about the power of the mind and the subconscious. And we did all this. She asked questions about my childhood and what had happened with my friend and all the money and my marriage. And it was all very interesting, but I'm like, I'm here because my arm not to talk about my feelings. Right. And so at the end of the hour, she kind of rolls her eyes back into her head, into a trance. And I'm, I didn't expect anything to happen. I was looking out the window thinking about lunch, right? Like mm, I'm kind of hungry. And I remember there was this loud pop in my arm, like a little firecracker went off in my elbow. It was like crack. Right. <laughs> and I remember I was like, Whoa, and Terry heard it because she had opened her eyes and she was like, okay, dear, let's try your arm. And I did. And I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. That my arm that had been paralyzed by this surgery instantly healed. Just boom, just like that. Wow. And so that was the first miracle that hooked me down this path. And so working with Terry, I was introduced what we call the second generation consciousness technologies and a lot more powerful. And so I would say the first gen is what we call your typical positive thinking law of attraction, right? Everything that's in the secret and there can go rich. Focus on the positive <clears throat> mantras, affirmations, vision boards, that kind of stuff. So I'd say it's a step in the right direction. But for a lot of people, it doesn't really move the needle. Well, in your book, you say 99, one survey yes. suggested 99% of yep. people fail with that. It wasn't stuff. a survey. It was a scientific study. It was a scientific study. At, done at a Canadian university. They right. found that 
over 99% of people that do the typical law of attraction work feel they get fewer, no results. So, and that was my experience too. It felt nice. It was fun, but it didn't move the needle. Didn't make me money. Didn't find me love. Didn't heal my body. Right. And so when I, when I worked with Terry, I was introduced to what, what we now call the second generation. And the difference is this with the second generation technologies, we have a way to directly work the subconscious. And so what, what had happened with Terry was she had learned how to reach directly into the subconscious to make shifts. Right. And I had experienced a legitimate miracle. My elbow had instantly healed. Now, to be fair, it was a real miracle, but it's not like all my problems were solved in an hour. Right. I still had chronic pain. I was still broken in debt. I was still going through a divorce. I still had terrible back pain. I had social anxiety. I was depressed. I was falling with anxiety. I had PTSD. I mean, I could go on and on, right? I was a train mm -hmm. wreck. <laughs> but that one issue of my arm and the surgery did instantly heal. And so this experience gave me a whole new career and a path forward. Right. And of course, a lot of the time, if, he, if we had done this interview 10 years ago, it would have been Brent had this healing session, live happily ever after, right? <laughs> but it's not. And, and happily ever after, sadly, only happens in the movies. Yeah. Right? It, that's not real life. And so it did make a big difference that I was able to learn and study with Terry, learn to be a professional healer just like her. So I was able to get off disability to start to support myself. And that was huge. That that was a big shift. But I went from basically desperate scramble to, for survival to kind of a crappy life. In that I still had a lot of pain. Again, I was still depressed, full of anxiety, negative thinking. Except I had the, the, the energy healing had taken the worst off the pain. It helped a little bit. Right. But honestly, I was still pretty miserable. It's like, okay, now I can work and make just enough money to be broke all the time. Right. And I'm sure a lot of us have been in those situations. So it was helpful, but it's not like my, all my life was amazing. So long story short, I spent five years studying healing. Doing all, you know, learning with these incredible teachers and masters, intuitives and gurus. And Michael was simple. I wanted to reverse engineer what they were doing. I wanted to find the mystics, the masters, the healers, and figure out what it is they were doing. Because the way I saw it, everything is technology. Right. There are laws of the universe, some of which haven't been discovered by science, that explain this stuff, right? Yeah. So we'll fast forward another five years, and, and this is how I got into the movement. Uh, I had been working with an amazing dating coach trying to get dating again, and it was just wasn't happening. I had done over 110 hours with them, which is a lot, over and over and over. And it, it, after a year, he was like, Brent, I'm sorry, you're too screwed up even for me. And so he goes, I'm going to kick you up the food chain to the master. I'm like, okay. So uh, it, long story short, I had gotten in, uh, sucked into a financial scam unknowingly. And I had lost everything again. I had not only was I deep in debt, uh, I had to declare bankruptcy. Right. And so it's no, no coincidence, no joke. 
I met Carl the day after I declared bankruptcy. So here we are, third dark night of the soul, my whole life's falling apart again. I had lost all my money. I was going to lose my home, possibly my car and my business. And I had no way forward. And again, I was desperate. I was angry. I was depressed, all the same things. And I spent my last $500 doing what was this called this movement feedback holography session. And uh, I, I was expecting some big miracle that would change my life, right? So long story short, I met Carl down by the beach, Venice Beach in Los Angeles. And he had me, he had me rent rollerblades. And then he had me put them on. And we went over to the parking lot and he had me skate in circles around the parking lot for about 20 minutes while he videotaped me. And then we sat in the back of his truck and watched the tape. And we spent about, you know, 40 minutes watching the tape. And long story short, he just kind of ripped me a new one. It was all this criticism about how screwed up my energy was and this problem and that problem and this and that, right? And then that was it. I went home. And nothing seemed to happen. I was upset. I called my dating coach who had referred me and I chewed his butt off. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? You know, I'm bankrupt. I have no money. You had me spend $500. So some crazy old guy could yell at me while I'm rollerblading. Like what the hell is wrong with you? Right. I was, I was, I was pissed. <laughs> and I remember he said to me, Brent, relax. I understand. It's weird. Carl's out there. But he said, just trust me, give it three weeks. He said, give it three weeks. If nothing shifts or breaks or changes in your life in three weeks, let me know. I'll make it up to you. I'll give you more sessions. We'll find a way, right? I'll pay you back if I have to. And I was like, okay, that's fair. And here's what's wild. It didn't take three weeks. It took less than three days. So about 48 hours after I'm yelling at him, right on the phone, you moron, what is wrong with you? You'd said me spend all this money on this crazy old guy, right? When I, I had nothing, I had actually had a friend of mine from MIT come into town that week, wanted to meet me for coffee. Uh, I lied and said I had the flu because I didn't have money for coffee. There was no way I was going to go pay six bucks for a cup of coffee. Are you kidding me? Like no way. So that, that's how broke I was. I didn't have six bucks for a cup of coffee with an old friend, but Brian got me to spend it all on this crazy old guy. Right. And so what had happened was, uh, long story short, uh, by Thursday night, I had made almost $50,000. I had seen an explosion in my business. Like I had never seen before. I was fully booked for six weeks. I had sold out my next class. It was crazy. And I remember. Thursday night, I, I called Brian, my, my dating coach. I'm just like, dude, I am so sorry. You were right. Paying some crazy old guy 500 bucks to yell at me was the best thing I've ever done. Totally changed my life. And in a lot of ways, that was the last missing piece. As again, I'd been on this journey for over 10 years at that point, almost 15. Years of physical therapy, alternative medicine, positive thinking, Conventional medicine, surgeries, rehab, I mean, you name it. I had done all these things. And what I had been introduced to there that day was this, what we call now third generation consciousness technology. And there's really nobody else in the world that did it like Carl could. 
And it's uh, the, the first generation, again, is our positive thinking, law of attraction. Interesting, worth doing maybe, but for a lot of people on its own doesn't create a lot of results. In the second generation, we get into the subconscious, which is great. So we get into things like hypnosis, NLP, healing code, emotion code, psyche, et cetera. And that can be very powerful, especially for physical healing. And did you say, sorry, OOP? What was that? Uh, NLP. Oh, NLP, yeah. Yeah, I'm just throwing out some some modalities that, that people are likely to be familiar with. And healing codes, what's that? Healing codes, yeah. There, there's all sorts of different versions of it. So basically what it comes down to is there's dozens, if not hundreds of modalities where you use some method of muscle testing to look for subconscious blocks. And right. then you have some kind of meditation or machine or chant or process to clear. So you so scan, you work find the block, and then you apply yep. some modality to try. Exactly. That's what Terry had done with me. That's what they do in a lot of hypnosis, NLP, Psych K. Healing codes, emotion codes, theta healing, things like that. There's many, many, many different modalities that are very similar. Right. But what Carl did didn't fit the mold. It made no sense at all. But it had given me my first experience of what we call the third generation. And that's really the study of consciousness directly. And it's a much more physical, visceral thing because it involves the body. That most healing is done just with the mind. It's words, it's imaginations, it's visualizations, maybe a little bit of tapping or manipulation, but that's about it. The movement is totally different. It's about getting consciousness back into your body, which is something almost no one talks about or thinks about. And what it comes down to is that the first generation work was valuable to me because it kept me from killing myself, gave me something to do. So. Upside downside, right? The second generation was useful. It started to help with healing the body. Uh, it helped me clear Lyme disease I had had for 17 years. It helped me to survive cancer. I was able to get through oh, migraine you had cancer headaches. In the middle of all this. Yep. Oh, yeah. I had cancer. <clears throat> I got divorced. Um, I, I was dating a woman killed by a drunk driver. I mean, I could go on and on and on. All the horror and pain I've been through. You know, I just, yeah, you know, I don't want to spend the whole time being negative about my past, no, right? No, but I mean, it's just fascinating yeah. what you, what, yeah, you So many going. things. And, but it didn't change my confidence, my energy, my sense of self. I still had this idea that I'm this separate human and I got to figure out what to do to get ahead in the world uh, of what's called the victor mindset. And that's kind of in our culture. The third generation technologies that I'm here to talk about today directly changes that. It changes the way you use your attention to focus on the world. It changes your relationship with your body. And it's a very physical thing and it can do things nothing else can. For example, I've found the second gen techs working the subconscious for most people don't make a big difference in terms of money and career success. Mm -hmm. They usually don't make a big difference in terms of self-confidence or grounding or presence. Or what, there what are some the second thing you said after self-confidence? Uh, grounding or presence. Grounding or presence, yeah. So, for example, if you have a cat allergy, I can knock that out with five, in five minutes with second-gen tech. Not too hard. Even if you have cancer, it's usually pretty straightforward to heal. So the second-gen techs are worth learning, and I still practice and teach them. They're just limited in what they can do. 
And part of why I'm here today is to let people know there's a whole nother world past that. Mm. It's a whole nother level of, of practice. But I'll warn you, it's weird. It doesn't look like the things you're used to. It doesn't look like positive thinking. It doesn't look like Reiki healing or any of that. It's yeah. totally different. <laughs> but the, um, the movement feedback holography doing this work finally made a difference for me. And just to be clear, when I first had that s- skating session with Carl, when we did movement, I had been a full-time energy healing practitioner for five years. So it's not like I was brand new to this stuff, right? Yeah. When I had met Terry, I was. I had done the alternative medicine, but not the deep woo-woo, energy healing and in- intuitive work, things like that. So I had been practicing it full-time professionally for five years. And what I saw and experienced didn't make any sense. So let, let's break down what the movement feedback holography is. So we'll break down the name first, then I'll describe what happens. That We call it movement because it involves moving your body. That uh, rollerblading was one thing that my late mentor Carl liked with people. Um, I don't use that as much now because you need to be physically present to do it. You can't really do it remotely. Kind of but the movements. Yeah, the, though it, it involves moving the body. Yeah. So, and either I'm watching you or we're recording it to watch later. So it involves physical movements. And then we then watch the movement and give feedback on the energy patterns that come off of us. And this is a skill that that takes years to build, but you can learn to read the energy patterns that come off of people. And this is so important because all of us are constantly broadcasting to the world everything about us that everyone needs to know. But most people don't know how to read that. So as an example, let's say you're hiring an employee for your business. Would you like to be able to read their energy? I would. Would you be able to like to know what someone's really about the first time you meet them? And not after you've trusted them with your business, your family, whatever, right? Right. About hiring a babysitter for your kids. Would you like to be able to see what's going on inside of them? I would. Yeah. And that's what the feedback is. We're just telling you the energy we see. This is how we're telling the universe to treat us. And it is holographic, and that's why we call it holography. That, and what, what does holographic mean? Well, it means every part of it contains the whole. So what, what the heck does that mean? The best way I can explain it is this, that uh, if we take a laser hologram that you push a laser through and it creates this beautiful three-dimensional image, what we call a hologram, If you were to take that laser hologram and cut it in half, let's say it's a hologram of a car, a red Ferrari, just to pick something. Okay, so you have the whole hologram, you push a laser through it, there's this beautiful three-dimensional image of a Ferrari. That's nice, right? So then we cut the hologram in half. What you would expect is the left half would give you the left half of the car. That's not how it works. That when you cut a hologram in half, You don't get half the image. You get the whole image in lower resolution. That's what a hologram is. So every bit of it is contained within every bit of it. The whole car 
is contained within every bit of the hologram. And that's what humans are like too. We are holographic beings in the sense that any part of us contains the whole. And it, it based on the principle, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. That whatever energy you bring to things you do, it's the same energy you bring to everything. So yeah. for example, uh, the way you brush your teeth at night, you bring the same energy to that as you do to going on a date yeah, or to showing up at work for a meeting or to doing all these things. And so what it comes down to is when you do the movement feedback holography, you're doing physical movements to have a facilitator give you feedback on the energy you're projecting because it holographically represents your whole life. Yeah. And so when, when we're able to do this, that there's a certain deep cleaning that occurs. Yeah. And th this is why I warn everyone, it's weird, it's different. It doesn't look like any other healing you've done. Yeah. There's no smudging, there's no bead curtains, there's no holding hands, nothing like that. It, it doesn't look anything like that, which is why I had my first session and I yelled at the guy that recommended it to me because I wanted him to do something to me. Yeah. I'm like, I wanted Carl to fix me. I wanted him to smack me on the forehead, right? Or fix some little plastic cups to my body or give me a supplement to take Yeah, or a mantra or do something, right? It seemed like he just yelled at me and I went home. But there is a real magic in the process and the, the results speak for themselves. After one session, you know, within three days, I had 50 grand in my bank account, which yeah. was nuts because I was bankrupt on Monday. And suddenly on Thursday, I had more money than I'd ever had before in my life. It was like, what is going on here? And it wasn't just a one-time thing. If it was just one blip, maybe that could be explained as coincidence. But when, when I did the work more seriously, within a, a year and a half, I had almost tripled my income. From the, from the 50, from, from that yep. level, yeah. Yep, yep. Over, and this was consistent. Not just, uh, gee, you got a good radio show and you had a spike in business and then it's gone. This was consistently. And th this is why I say on the cover, you know, you're going to learn this can help you to triple your income. Though, right. to be fair, many of the other people in my group with Carl did a lot better than tripling. So I, I was a little on the slow side because I was so stuck in my mind, so much science, engineering, knowledge, academia had really damaged me. Right. Made it more difficult to move forward. So, yeah, some of the others in my group saw 4X, 5X, uh, what, one, what, one of our guys had uh, literally did a 10X of his income wow. within two years. And I love the name of your show being human because my late mentor called his program intensive life training. Why? No one trains us how to be alive, how to be human. Yeah. How to use your body, how to use your mind, how to create, how to get along. These are all things we should be learning in school when we're children. Yeah. Wow. This Instead, is we're, we're spending our time memorizing the dates of battles and such important things, right? Yeah. And so the skeptic in me is, okay, well, if 99% of people who do the, let's just say, you know, the law of attraction don't get results, like what, what yeah. 
who does this not work for? What's the percentage of people who um, this doesn't I, I, Again, percentages is tough, but I'm going to give yeah. some ballparks. Just understand a lot of it is how you measure it. Yeah. So based on a scientific study, less than 1% of people that do the first generation work, law of attraction, positive thinking, mantras, vision boards, feel they get more than a tiny result. Yeah. So that's pretty bad. When we include the second generation, when we start working the subconscious, the success rate goes up much higher. It's probably somewhere between 10, 20, 30, 40, maybe 50% that you do the work and you get some tangible, measurable long-term benefit. And long-term is important. Like with my chronic pain, lots of places I could go and get a massage and feel better for an hour. Mm. But it came right back. So we're talking sustainable shift, things that last forever. So with the second gen, we're doing better. And that's when we start to see medical miracles occur. See the what, sorry, the? Medical miracles. Medical miracles, yeah. Like People had, that yeah. instantly heal from cancer. Yeah. People that have had migraines for 10 years and then they're gone overnight. Yeah. Uh, people that have HIV and it goes totally undetectable. Thinks that That's what I mean by medical miracles. Yeah. But it's not 100%. And generally what it comes down to is that the second gen work is very good, especially for physical health. But if you're too deep in your mind, it, it, it will not be as powerful. So if you think too much, if you're hyper-rational, too much of a head case, that tends to be the people it doesn't work well for. And it's sad that this is why I went to hundreds of different healers and life coaches, Chinese doctors, chiropractors, body workers, et cetera, hundreds. And no one could help me. Well, you were a nerd, right? You're in your head. I was. They didn't understand that, but that's one of the most difficult things to work with. Yeah. And that's why the third generation technology is so powerful. That I'm not aware of any of my students who has done it over the long run that has walked away and felt I got fewer no results. Right. It's pretty much 100%. With the caveat that, of course, it depends on how you measure it. Yeah. Does everyone get exactly what they were looking for when they started? No, of course not. That's not how life goes. But they always find something that's equally or more valuable. Right. So I'll give an example that uh, I found that in general, most people need the third gen technologies to really make more money. That your typical prayer, healing, manifesting doesn't change that much for most people. And if we, if I look at my clients that have students that have been with me for two, f three, five, even 10, 15 years, I can say with confidence, every single one of them has had a big breakthrough with money. However, most commonly, probably 80%, 70%, they start making more money. That's the breakthrough. But it's right. not always like that. There's a smaller set that realize they already had plenty. And their breakthrough was simply escaping the neurosis. Right. They realized, wow, I actually have enough money. I'm just in my mind worrying about it and creating problems. And so that's why I say it, that your result and breakthrough doesn't always look like exactly what you wanted when you started. For example, when I went to see Terry, I went there because I couldn't move my arm. 
I wanted to be out of pain to go back to tech. That's what I wanted. It's not what happened. It's been over 20 years, still haven't gone back to tech. So what I wanted was all the pain to be gone from my body to go back to tech. What I got was a new career in energy healing. Yeah. So that's why I say, I can't promise you, you get everything you want exactly as you want, but you will get what you need to move your life forward. Yep. Sometimes you're just looking for the pain to be gone to go back to your old job, but that's not what you get. Instead, you get a new career. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's why I say it's, uh, with the third gen work, the people that do it over the long term, the question is not, will you achieve a break? Everybody does. Every last person. The question is, are you going to give up before you do? That's the question. And I'll, I'll say up front, I'm not for everybody. I'm not the perfect teacher for everyone. I'm really intense. I'm obsessed with the truth. I tend to think and speak and act very quickly. I don't have a lot of tolerance for nonsense or stupidity. I'm not into wasting time. I'm all about what works, what do we do, how do we move forward? So there's not a lot, there's not a lot of ritual and uh, kumbayas and hugs. There's nothing wrong with that. I just haven't found that doesn't move you forward. Yeah. So go ahead, you know, buy all the bead curtains and Buddha statues you like. I think they're great. I just haven't found on their own, they, they really change things. But if you're willing to look at things that make you uncomfortable, if you're willing to let go of these things you're so attached to, then maybe you'll make a big breakthrough. Yeah. That I get a lot of people that have done a lot of work like I did and gone nowhere. And usually it's because they're stuck in their mind. And getting into the movement is the only thing that can get past that. Right. The mind can't get past the mind. Only the body can get past the mind. Right. So then I'm intrigued. So how, so how does, yeah, just talk us through how this works then. So we've talked, we've established there's this holographic, one of the, I suppose, principles is that we're holographic beings, movement's important, uh, and obviously feedback's important. So yeah, yeah. Just sort of talk us through the mechanics of this. So, so, um, for, Anybody that's interested, just so you guys know, you can go to my website at awakeningdynamics.com. And I do a series of live, we live webinars called Healathons, where I'm going to actually demonstrate this and do interactive processes. So we don't have time for that here, obviously. But for anyone that wants to actually participate and see yeah. this firsthand, that's the best thing. Right. That being said, I'll do my best to describe it right now. Yeah. That uh, generally the movement starts, it can be done one-on-one -on -one or in groups. And you have one person simply doing a movement. And the handshaking is the one we use online a lot because it's very friendly with Zoom and Skype and online formats. So basically, you're sitting in front of your computer just shaking your hands. And then me or one of my students, one of my facilitators, we're there to connect into your energy field and to give you feedback on the energy that you're running. And for, I'll just warn a lot of people, the energy you're running is often very different than what you think. And that's what creates a lot of the problems in our life. We all tend to assume that other people feel us the same way we're feeling. Yeah. It's not always true. They, 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 we, as they call it, resting bitch face. Some people 
feel that they're relaxed and happy, but they have this bitchy look. That's a simple example of this that most people can connect to, right? Yeah, I had, I, in fact, I worked with a colleague and she was always asked after meeting, yes. you know, what was going on for you in that meeting? And she was exactly. like, nothing. Yes, <laughs> that's, the, that's the reason this is so important is the energy we're sending off is not always what we think. Yeah. And that's huge. One of the things I remember being told was I was sending off the energy of arrogance. And I had people, I had had people tell me that several times when I was a young man, they're like, Brent, you're a pretty cool guy, but man, you're so arrogant sometimes. Watch out for that. Right. It's pushing people away. And I remember hearing it and I thought you're nuts. I'm not arrogant. If anything, I have low self-esteem. That's what I mean by what I was sending out to the world was very different than what I thought. Got it. And that causes so many problems. And do you and think so that's example, why then the, the law of attraction stuff and it doesn't always work because you're thinking one thing, but you're actually yeah. attracting something else because your energy is... I think it is. Yeah, for sure. It's one of the reasons it doesn't work. Right. So if you, for example, if we were doing movement here, you'd just be shaking your hands and I'd just be reading the energy. I'd be yeah. like, oh, you're throwing it away from you or there's nothing behind you. There's a whole, there's a couple dozen very common patterns we see. Right. And again, it seems crazy just hearing from someone, the energy in your movement shouldn't cause a big change in your life, but it does. And it drove me nuts at first that, uh, long story short, when I learned the more traditional healing from Terry, it was about a year and a half from my first session to when I was teaching classes. So that's pretty fast mm. with Carl in the movement work. It was over six years. So it took me a long time to understand this long time. And what it comes down to is he didn't have to do anything because in the process of, of the feedback, that's when the healing occurs invisibly and automatically. Now there is a lot more to it. There is a bit of a training that has to go on before you can fully benefit. And it doesn't take that long, more like 30 minutes an hour to understand how to take in the feedback, how to think about it. So there's a little bit of learning involved. And did, and did Carl do that with you? Um, no, he didn't. But it still worked? <laughs> but it still worked, yes. Okay. Uh, I like to explain it first. It makes people more comfortable. Right, okay. And they're less likely to run home and yell at their friend that referred them. Okay. Because I didn't understand what was going on, right? right. I expected okay. something I've different. i this light situation. Yes. And... Uh, What's so crazy is when, when we do this process, when we're able to take in the feedback, that's when a deep cleaning occurs. Right. And we using the movement, it operates on a higher level than most healing. That uh, to, to use some, some nerd terminology from software, most healing, if you look at NLP or Psyche or modalities like that, what they're doing is they're changing your code one line at a time. And that works, but it can take a while. A lot of lines of code. The movement works on the level of whole routines or modules. So potentially you can achieve more fist, a shift faster. Right. But again, it is weird. It doesn't look like most other things you've done. There is a steeper learning curve. But hey, that's life, right? If you want to learn to drive a passenger car, that's not difficult. 15-year-olds across the country are doing it as we speak. Not hard to drive a car. If but, you want to drive a Formula One race car, that takes a lot more training. 
you can't just learn it in a few weeks the way you can a regular car. So the movement is a higher level process. It is steeper learning curve. It's more advanced, but it can do things nothing else can. And really the goal is to get you back into your body. And I know that it sounds a little crazy because most people don't walk around all day going, gee, I'm not, don't have enough consciousness in my body, right? People don't walk around all day going, gee, I feel disconnected from the single observing non-dual entity we call the divine. No, we walk around going, oh God, my back hurts. I need relief, right? Or God, how am I going to make more money? Or man, you know, I'm so alone. I wish I could meet someone. That's what we walk around all day thinking, right? Yeah. But this is exactly what it addresses. That it's about getting you back into your body because the amount of consciousness in our body determines what we call presence or luck, grace, serendipity. It really does matter. Right. And what, what happens to most of us is it's, uh, I like to use the toothpaste metaphor that when we're born, we're like a toothpaste that's tube that's brand new, totally full of toothpaste, right? And when the tube is full of toothpaste, it's pretty easy to squeeze it out. But how do you get the toothpaste back into the tube? That's really what we're trying to do here. That one of the craziest things that the only person that's taken me as deep into meditation as my late mentor was my son the day he was born. It was amazing. The day he was born, he was so filled with consciousness, so much light and love. Everyone in the room, he brought you right into a meditative state. Now, most of the doctors and nurses are too much in their head to feel it. But I felt it. I was like, wow. He had lost it by his second day on the planet. So it takes less than one day for life on Earth to crush the light out of us. And this is what this, this, this work has given you the ability it, to do. Yes, to, the ability to, to, to slowly the level of consciousness in, That's in right. the body. So and, life squeezes that toothpaste out of the tube. And so would you then say by extension that the people that we often look up to have these extremely rich lives, they're very wealthy, they've got great families, they yes. seem to be very happy, et cetera. You, you would say that's because yes. they've got a lot of consciousness in their body without necessarily yep. having done this work, just for whatever right. reason, they've that's retained right. a lot of it in their body. Yep. Absolutely. Some people are simply born with a higher level. Right. And the, if you are a child of a parent with that, you have a huge advantage in life. Because one, your parents are likely already wealthy and successful. Yeah. That gives you a giant advantage all on its own. And you get a triple bonus because you will learn from them how to be in your body. And this is why, yes, we've heard of people that seem to have one huge success in life after another. Right. And it, it is that simple as how much consciousness is in your body. And the block clearing is valuable. The trouble is, the block clearing doesn't put more consciousness in your body. It simply allows it to flow better. So, okay. and th that's why healing can be very useful. So acupuncture is an example. An acupuncturist will find the spots in your body where your chi is stagnant, where the energy is not moving and put needles there to open up the flow. So that's valuable. That's worth doing. The trouble is many of us have killed our flow. There's just not, an, not enough energy in the body left circulating. 
And this is why I had years and years of Chinese medicine treatments. The cupping, the scraping, they hang you upside down, the vibration machine, I mean, you name it. It didn't help me at all. Why? I didn't have enough consciousness left in my body for them to work with. And is that why there's some people who may do years and years of yoga and never yep. necessarily, yeah. That's why. Seem to make so the block perfect. clearing is useful, but we've got to remember what a block clearing is. That imagine, let's say I'm driving from Los Angeles to Las Vegas on I-15. There's one route, right? One big road. If a truck rolls over in the middle of I-15, the whole freeway is closed for a while, right? There's a block. And so nobody goes anywhere. Uh, let's say you're driving and you get stuck and you wait for two hours for the road to clear. This will happen sometimes. Well, once the truck is off the road, the block is removed. It doesn't mean that you're immediately at your goal. It just means you can move forward again. Yeah. So that's why for some people, block clearing alone is not enough. It's like, great, you cleared the block, but there's still a one lane road. You still can't, it's still going to take you a long time to get to where you're going. Yeah. And so what I teach is really a combination of the three generations. I won't spend a lot of time on first gen. I'll just say, watch the secret and you're set. Right? <laughs> Not that much to learn. Yeah. But I will teach people how to do the second gen techniques of find block and clear it. But I also, over the longer term, want to show people how to get more consciousness back in their body. Yeah. You got even once you've cleared all your blocks, if there's nothing flowing through the channels, then the block clearing doesn't do much. Right. You need both. You have to have open channels as well as energy flowing. Right. If we can do that, that's why I say the people that do the third gen work over the long term, everyone sees a breakthrough. Yeah. Because we do both. And some of us need a lot of block clearing. Some of us need a lot of embodiment work. I needed a lot of both. Yeah. So one or the other wasn't going to do the trick. Right. And th this is so important because there's a lot of people out there that are running from one modality to another that does essentially the same thing. Hoping desperately to get a breakthrough. And, you know, as with money, I would say hoping desperately is not a great long-term strategy. <laughs> At least I haven't found it to be very effective. No. Instead, I would look at what you're doing and how it works. And if it's not giving results, find something that works differently. Mm. Find something that's different. Yeah. And eventually, you'll find the thing you need to move forward. And just to get my head around then, so consciousness back in the body. It, so what are you saying that there's like consciousness? So if you can get it back in the body, well, where is it? <laughs> where are you getting it from? Like, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's all around us. Right. The entire universe is made out of consciousness. Right. And there's a much longer discussion, maybe yeah. another interview here, about yeah. the fabric of the universe and how we are that. Yes. Connecting general relativity, quantum mechanics, and really mysticism. They're all kind of the same thing. Mm. But the consciousness is all around us. It's a question of, can we get it back in our bodies? And that's why I like the tube of toothpaste metaphor. We're all, we're all born with a full tube. But we start squeezing out that toothpaste on the first day on Earth. We Every stressor. We this consciousness somehow. We, we, we lose it. 
we lose it. To give a simple example, most of us in the modern world are still well pretty embodied in our fingers. So I can hold up my hands and I can move just one finger at a time. That's not difficult. Most people can yeah. do that. What I want to challenge everyone listening is this. Can you do that with your toes? <laughs> and here's the crazy thing. Anatomically, our fingers and toes are almost identical. I'm just checking. We have Doubling. the same bones and tendons and ligaments in the fingers and the toes. Right. Why? We evolved from four-legged ancestors. That makes sense, right? So <clears throat> there's no anatomical reason you can't move your toes the same way you move your fingers. But most of us have weren't spent our lives wearing socks and shoes walking on artificial surfaces. And that has squeezed the consciousness out of our feet. I can, I can like just about get my pinky toe, my little toe, <laughs> yep. to do move by itself. But no, the rest of them, I'm just moving them all up and down like a flapper. Yep. Yep. Most people can only move them together. The, the big toe is usually the first you can move independently. Oh, and the little toe is usually the, the second toe. one. It's yeah. The, this, this little, little toe is the other one that's easy to move. Yeah. Not a lot of people that can move their middle toe the same way you can move your middle finger. Definitely not. And that's something that you've developed. Is that like a good sort of. Uh, it, yeah. It's a great way to show to, for everyone to see how you've lost consciousness. Fascinating. Because if you didn't, if you look at people that say are living in a primitive tribe in the Amazon rainforest, they all got monkey toes. They can spread their toes. They can grip with them. They use their toes more like we use fingers. Why? They haven't squeezed out the consciousness. And so stress, pain, loss, illness, these all squeeze consciousness out of our body. Mm. And, you know, you're, you're, a lot of us are running around. It's like that toothpaste tube that we've had for two months that's all crinkled and squeezed. And we're just mashing it, trying harder and harder to get that little bit of consciousness out. Okay. That's how most of us are living. We're okay. struggling to make money, to be healthy, to be happy, to find love. And it's so hard. And why is it so hard? Well, it's hard because there's nothing left. You've squeezed it all out. If we can put it back in, it's really easy, isn't it? And is this why you'll hear a lot of these people who, yeah, like I say, very successful and sort of very rich lives and so on, who don't need so much sleep? Is that part of this? Um, I don't know if there's a direct connection. I have heard of what you're talking about. Yeah. That the one unusual physical characteristic highly successful people tend to have is they need less sleep. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure there's a direct connection. Um, my guess is there could be an indirect connection because if you have more consciousness in your body, your body will is like a, a machine that's maintained at a higher level. Yeah, and it reminds me of, I don't know if you feel familiar with a work called um, The Continuum, Continuum Concept. It's a book by Judith Laidoff who lived with some, um, some people in, I think it was Ecuador anyway, South American country. And she, what she observed is that they would go on these long trips and the, the guys in the tribe she was traveling with might get woken up like three, four times in the night by animals or noises or whatever. And they'd get up and they'd, they'd discuss what had woken them up and then they'd go back to sleep and then they'd yep. sort of get up at sunrise and nobody would be like, oh man, we didn't get any sleep. Well, they were just like bouncing from yeah, one full of energy to the fine. next. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when your body's 
full of consciousness, it, it, it operates better. Right. You can, you can push it harder. It doesn't need as much recovery. Mm. Uh, it'd be like, uh, if you look at, for example, a race car, and those machines are extremely well-tuned. You can run them, you know, and we're all told, don't run your car into the red zone and the tachometer, right? Well, race cars, they spend the whole race in the red zone. Right. Why is that? They're perfectly balanced between, between races. Mm. So when you're in perfect balance, you can push the machine much harder before it has problems. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if human bodies are the same. When we're full of consciousness, we're in much better balance. We have less pain, less illness, less friction within the system. So we can, we, we don't need as much maintenance. We can perform higher level skills. Yeah. And that, that's a lot of it is I'm aiming to recreate my, my late mentor, Carl's teachings to show people how to be human. This is intensive life training on how to be a human being, how to manage your energy field, how to focus the power of your mind, how to keep consciousness in your body. And it, I find that once you learn how to do this, uh, again, it's not that you'll never have problems, but it seems that there's a lot more good mixed in with the bad. Yeah. There's a lot more good. You're far more likely to achieve your goals. Things tend to break your way. I right. know that uh, w one of the funny things that happened the first time I traveled with Carl was uh, we went to the, we, we were going from LAX to Boston and we had gotten there, you know, two hours before the flight, like you're supposed to. But we got in the back of the security line. It was crazy. I'd never seen such a long line at the airport. There was at least 300 people in the security line. And I started going on the rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, God, Carl, we're going to miss our flight, blah, blah, blah. Right, right into negative thinking. I remember he just said, Brent, relax. We still got a lot of time. Let's see what happens. And I was like, okay. So we're there standing at the back of the line, right? And less than a few minutes later, it was like two, three minutes, right? This lady in a TSA uniform walks right up to Carl and says, excuse me, sir, if you'd like, I can take you and your party through the VIP check-in. And he was like, oh, that'd be great. Thank you. So she walks us over to the first class and, you know, we get to the security check takes like a minute or two. No, it was nothing. Right. And we walk away on the other side and I'm like, Hey Carl, how did you know her? Cause I figured he must know her. Right. Yeah. Maybe she's a friend of the family or cause you know, he's lived in LA for so long. He knew a lot of people and I was expecting, Oh, that was one of my students or something like that. And he goes, oh, no, Brent, I've never seen her before in my life. But things like that happen to me all the time. And I can attest, you know, being his apprentice for a number of years, things like that happen to him all the time. It's just we'll pulled him randomly out of the line. You want to come through. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, there was another one. He showed me uh, an envelope. One of his students from the previous intensive life training had sent him a check for $30,000. And there was a note that basically said, Hey, Carl, I wanted to thank you so much for the program, but just so you know, you need to be charging a lot more because it's so valuable. And wow. I saw it with my own eyes. There was a check for $30,000. That was a bonus. 
a tit. And that's why I say things like that happen to him all the time. I, I tell and, you, what, I want to share a story and see what you make of it. So yeah, yeah. It comes to mind. So, so I've never had that much luck with like. The, the, I, I use some of the affirmations, and I've had limited success with it. And yeah, I, I do see some value in it, um, and the visualization and so on. But it's not like it's had a big transformative effect on my life using that work. The subconscious unblocking of old pain definitely has, which I guess would map to your second gen. But I did. But my son, however, right? It, we were we were on a camping trip. And uh, we got about halfway, and it was just me and him, and we we're going to go canoeing in the middle of nowhere in a tent, right? And he, and he gets upset because he realizes he's forgotten his teddy. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to, like, drive back home, collect your teddy, and then, you know, continue with the campaign trip. I'm, like, and I said to my son, like, Arthur, we're not getting your teddy. Forget about it. And he's like, Daddy, oh, Daddy, I want the teddy. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get you a teddy. I don't know how we're going to get get you a teddy. There's no shot between me and this River yep. where we're going. Right. We're going to what? We're going to find a teddy in the woods? I don't know. I'm just like, but I'm going to go. Like, you want a teddy? Yep. I'm going to yep. do the visualization thing. I'm going to do the secret thing. We're going to yep. manifest you a teddy, right? And so, anyway, we get there. I get unpack the canoe. I get on the river. I hadn't been on this stretch of river before, but anyway, we're going along. We're canoeing along. No teddies anywhere. Daddy, daddy, I want a teddy. I want a teddy. And then, like, I see things. Oh, should we make a teddy out of sticks? We don't want a teddy made out of sticks. I want a proper teddy. And then I go past this one. And then I go past this, this like, chain of riverboats which i didn't know exist like houseboats people they live in these houseboats on the side of the river and there's like a teddy inside this houseboat and then i and then this thought comes in my mind like do i steal the teddy from the houseboat is this my message from the universe that sure, i could go sure. steal the teddy for the for my kid who wants this teddy right and he's still talking about the teddy and i'm like no 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 richard yeah yeah surely this you know secret stuff you know law of attraction doesn't require stealing so anyway, keep going, keep paddling. And then we, we, we see this one houseboat and there's a woman on this houseboat and there's like a parrot and a dog. And my kid's fascinated. So we like paddle up to this boat and he starts stroking the dog and the parrot. And then we start talking about the fact that he wanted a teddy and we didn't find a teddy. And this woman on this houseboat makes teddies. That's like a hobby. She she goes back into the... She's just got like 30 of them She's sitting got like in her room. handful of teddies. Like, which teddy do you want? And wow. so my, oh, like my kid's like, oh, I'll have that one and that one. So he ends up with like two teddies that he absolutely <laughs> loves, which had just seemed to have popped out of the ether in the middle of bloody yep. nowhere on a river. Like, anyway, but related to what you're saying, where I'm the dot I'm making, you know, connection I'm making is it, is it because he was just, and this was when he was like four years old, four or five years old, yeah. he was full of consciousness. So his ability yes. to, to manifest in the way that you're describing Carl is was heightened. Yes. Because and I was kind of tapping into that somehow. That's anyway, that's that's the Yeah, because a four year old doesn't have as much mental garbage. Right. As long as he is clear in what he wants and there's consciousness in the body, it can create. For sure. Right. And things will show up in crazy ways you never would have expected. Because that's my only crazy law of attraction yep. story. I've never had it for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the part of that is you're thinking too much. Right. If you would simply be more like a four-year-old and go, I want a Teddy and just be present in that energy of, I want a Teddy, Teddy will show up. The, the difference is this is the adult gives things meaning and that shuts us down. Mm. So for example, I found it's really amazingly easy to manifest great new music to listen to. 
There was a band I discovered. They were from Peru a few months ago, and I, but they only had one album. And I thought, wow, I love these guys. I'd love to hear them live. But the only live recordings were like audience bootlegs. They were low quality. And this was Friday night. I found them. I'm like, wow, this is a great band. I wish there was a high quality recording to hear them live. There was no such thing. The very next day, less than 24 hours, brand new video on YouTube. They had just appeared on some Peruvian TV station and done a high quality recorded live broadcast. <laughs> so Friday night, I hear this band for the first time, want to hear them live. The next day, it's freaking on YouTube. Wow. Why is that easy? But a million dollars in the bank is hard. Well, just so you all know, to the divine, the law of attraction, it's not. The difference is in our mind. The more meaning we give to things, the more it weighs it down, the harder it is to create. Most of us have given so much meaning to the money, it's so weighed down. It's like, you know, there's a treasure at the bottom of the ocean, but it's attached to 10,000 pounds of lead. Mm. How are you going to pull that up? You've weighed it down so much, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. a lot of the higher, higher level work is about letting go and being present. Because the more we're in the mind giving meaning to things, that shuts us down. Yeah. So if you thought like a four-year-old, gee, having an extra million dollars would be fun. And there was no meaning put on it beyond that. You'd probably have it within 24 hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not blaming anyone. It's just, this is how it works. Right. And that was with the Teddy where we had it in less than three, but we, we had it within yeah. like a couple of hours. And I, and I didn't pay yeah. any meaning to the Teddy. I'm just going to play like, okay, I'm going to play the Teddy game. And that's I, why you didn't shut it down. Had yeah. your son said, I want a million dollars in cash. Well, I want a million dollars in cash. You wouldn't have allowed that to happen because unconsciously you give it too much meaning. Yeah. It would have been, oh, we can pay off our debts. We can go on vacation. We can quit our job. There's all this stuff it means, right? Yeah. None of that with the Teddy. The Teddy was just something your kid wanted, right? Yeah. If you could see other things in life that same way, you'd create them almost effortlessly. Yeah. And that, that's why this movement is so powerful. We're letting go of all these layers of meaning and belief that we're putting on things. Yeah. And it's really just there to help us be present. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's part, okay. And that's all related to this consciousness coming back into the body is yeah. letting go of, okay. So it, it's a right. body and it's a mind thing at the same time. It hit. Right. But the more we let go of the old stories and beliefs and myths and traumas, the more space we make for the consciousness. So the block clearing is part of it. It's just not all of it. Okay. We got to clear the blockages and then refill the vessel with consciousness. That's when things really start to blow up. That's when life gets a lot easier. And again, yeah. there is no happily ever after. That's a myth. But yeah. there is a lot more. Instead of my life totally collapsing every few years and going through hell, now I just have a more normal level of problems. Right? Everyone has pipes break. Everyone gets in a fight with their health insurance. Everyone's car breaks down. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, I'm not saying those things will never happen, but when they do, you can take it in stride because you don't give it meaning. Same thing. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. It's just what's happening. Yeah. And the more we can get there, the easier and easier it gets to create the things you want. Yeah. So yeah. again, I love all this stuff. It's all good. 
I would just encourage people realize if you're going to build a house, you need more than one tool. Mm. You want a, a ladder and a saw and a screwdriver and a hammer and a pickup truck to carry everything. So, and just a lot of people are trying to build something where they don't have all the tools. Yes. Some people are fully present. They have a lot of consciousness, but they're full of blocks. For right. those people, some second gen work, their life is humming. They make money, they heal, they find love, they're happy, right? Uh, some people uh, may have no consciousness, but no blocks, in which case you fill them, their life takes off. I had both. And, you know, to be fair, most of the people deep into self-improvement were a lot of the time the ones that need it the most. Yeah, of course. So yeah. a lot of us do need to do a lot of block clearing and a lot of refilling. Yes. But yeah, if all you've been doing is cleaning and letting go, we've got to balance that. When you let go of something, you've got to replace it with something. Yeah. So let's clear the blocks and traumas and let's refill that void with love and consciousness. Yeah. Then you can really move forward. And again, I know this sounds strange, which is why I would say to everyone, don't take my word for it. Come have your own experience. Yes, yes. Like Come really. see this, participate. I want you to feel it for yourself. And there is more to it. There's a meditative aspect we haven't really gotten into here. But part of the movement process is bringing you into an altered state of consciousness where many people start to see auras and past lives and psychedelic issues with their open eyes. And we can dissolve pain. There's a lot more to it. But at the, at the essence, it's about simply clearing the blockages and getting consciousness in your body. You can do that. Everything else is just going to be details. Everything else really will be very easy. Yeah. Fascinating about that, seeing the auras. I read that in the book. Um, uh, yep. And, and many people uh, will get that on their first Helothon experience. I can't promise not everyone sees auras and past lives with their open eyes the first time. But I'd say a third to half do. And that's something you, re you regularly now experience? Yes. seeing people's yep. auras and their past lives? Yep. Oh, yeah. Every, every time I look for it, I can see it. Wow. But many people coming to my Helathon, you will start to see it the first time. Wow. So, yes, I can turn on your ability to see auras and energy and past lives and see into what we call the matrix. That, that this world we live in is the illusion. There is a more real reality underneath it that you can only see intuitively. But again, don't believe anything because I'm saying it. Come have your own experience, right? I'm very much a scientist in that way. Yeah. yeah I'm not yeah, here yeah. to convince you that there's gravity. Yes. Right? Go, go throw a rock in the air, see what happens, right? <laughs> Once you've convinced yourself it's real, come talk. I'll show you how it works. Yeah. But I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. Wow. Right. Yeah. I'm just sitting here with my truth, my experience going, anyone that's interested, I'm happy to share what I've learned. Yeah. But I'm not here to convince you of anything. Mm. If you don't want to believe in gravity, great. Go crazy. Let me know how it goes. My guess yeah. is you're going to have some problems, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my guess. Yes. So yeah, we'd love for anyone that really wants to go a lot deeper to start to experience this, to join the Heal-A-Thon. Yeah. Um, we're doing it right now. The, the next one is coming up on uh, Thursday, October 5th. Uh, but I know a lot of people watch these later. So if you miss that one, just check my website at awakeningdynamics.com. There should be a big 
arrow right on top of the page. Just click there to get registered for the Helathon. And I got a lot of cool free stuff on my website too. Got a link right. to my YouTube channel. There's a spiritual power quiz. There's some deep learning about awakening, a little guided tour. So there's a lot of cool stuff there. But get to awakenedynamics.com, register for the Helathon, and then go crazy with the YouTube or any anything you like in the meantime. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I, I am extremely intrigued by all of this. You've, you've absolutely piqued my interest. Um, I mean, I'll be frank, I've, I've never really heard anything quite like this, right? I mean, we've had a lot of it guests is weird. on the show and a lot of them have been pretty, pretty yep. out there, but you, uh, yeah, you're really pushing. Yeah, 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 you're, you're expanding. <laughs> expanding to, to, you know. To and and that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, because yeah. again, when I was introduced to the movement, I had been a full-time energy healing practitioner for over five years. Mm. And this made no sense to me. Didn't make any sense at all. So if this doesn't make sense to you, great. <laughs> That's fine. That's a great place to start. Okay. That's exactly yeah. where I was 15 years ago when I first saw this. It didn't I, make any sense, but I couldn't deny the results. Yeah. I mean, for me, it makes like some partial sense and I'm starting to connect a few dots and something intuitively, you know, is, is getting excited in me. Uh, yeah, it's great. Thank you so much, Brent. I mean, this has been a, yeah, a real experience. Um, oh, it's been great to be here. This is it's exciting. Been, uh, yeah, what do I mean real experience? It's been enlivening, right? I feel energized by this. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm super intrigued. Um, I want to learn more. I want to experience some of this. Absolutely, uh, would love to I have hope, you. And I hope some of my listeners feel the same way. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, this has been amazing. Would love to do it again sometime. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, um, we'll put the links. Uh, we'll put we'll put the links to your site in the description. Um, as you say, you've got the. Uh, the event coming up on the 5th of October that people can join and there's another one after that. So, uh, yep. yeah, uh, encourage people to, to check it out. If, if they're, yeah. if, they, uh, if you're curious, check it out, have your own experience. That's what yeah. I ask. Brilliant. Give it a chance. See what happens. You may be surprised. Okay. Well, thank you once again, Brent. This has been, been great. Fantastic. Thank you. The being human podcast was brought to you by first human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.